This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. This is Casey O'Rourke from Joyful Courage, and welcome to the Joyful Courage podcast, a place for inspiration and information on the parenting journey. Today is the very first episode of the Joyful Courage podcast. I will be interviewing Andy Smithson from True Parenting. Andy is a licensed clinical social worker and has been in the social services and mental health fields for the past 11 years. He's a trusted voice in the parent education community. He's a dad and a husband as well. He writes a blog and shares incredibly applicable and practical tips and tools for parents and is a strong voice for building relationships with our kids. Be sure to stay tuned till the very end of the podcast. I get to share a special offer for our listeners from Andy. Andy, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Tell us about that big, delicious family of yours. Okay. Thank you so much for having me, Casey. I um, I actually grew up in Portland, Oregon, and I had grew up in a family of six kids. Um, and so I'm kind of a transplant to the current rural life that I, I live in now. But I married my wife about 10 and a half years ago. And she is an amazing stay-at-home mom of our five kids. And we actually just had our fifth child on January 5th. So it's just over a week ago that he was born. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so we're, we're one of those weird families too that has had all of our children at home. And it's been a wonderful experience for us. And, um, I actually just published a post about it today about my my kind of journey to home birth and just childbirth in general because that's uh, I didn't start out wanting to go that direction and and there was kind of a whole story there that went with that but have you ever heard the um, Jim Gaffigan comedy bit about home birth? I haven't, but I'm a home birther too, so I love, okay. and it's really fabulous to hear the voice of a father talking about home birth, so, but tell us uh, about that. But Jim Gaffigan, you, you've got to just look it up on YouTube because it's hilarious, and if if you come from a place of home birth, like 
I died. I was laughing <laughs> hysterically the whole time because it, it just feels so real to you. Yeah. But you'll have to check that out. Anyway, everybody else, check that out as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for a day that home birth doesn't, isn't the weird alternative, but kind of the normal alternative, right? right? Yeah. So on this journey with your five kids now, congratulations. What's been the most surprising thing you have learned about being a parent? Well, the let me tell you a story, and then I'll tell you what I learned from this. And it was um, a few years back, my son Kyler, he's my oldest son. He's almost nine now. And at the time, he was about seven. And we had gotten the family together, and we were trying to get our chores done on a Saturday morning so that we could go out and take a, a trip up into the mountains here in Idaho. And and we were all excited. Everybody was pretty locked into this idea, but we started getting into it. And my oldest son kept going and, and trying to uh, derail his, his siblings from, from finishing their chores. And so we were just kind of, we couldn't get him back on track and we, we couldn't figure out how to do it. And eventually my wife just said to me, Andy, you've got to take care of this. And I went into his room and I was there and I was completely baffled. And at this point, I had worked in counseling and all these, you know, taught parenting classes and all these types of things and thought I had all the answers and and all this type of stuff. But I just realized at that moment that I didn't know what to do to help him move beyond where he was at that moment. And so what I actually ended up doing is just surrendering to that idea that I didn't know. Hmm. And I sat down on the floor, Indian style, in the middle of his room, and I just sat there. (laughs) Hmm. And he looked at me, and he was like, what are you doing, Dad? And I just said to him, I said, you know what, Kyler, I don't know what to do right now. You know, I, I want everybody to be happy in our home and I want to have a peaceful place that we can all be and, and I want to go and do our, our fun activity this afternoon, but we've got to get these things done and I don't know what to do. And I just sat there and about a minute later, after he just stared at me, he came and he sat down on my knee and he just looked at me and he's like, well, dad, maybe we could do this and and he gave us this whole plan of how we could make it work and i just realized at that moment that not knowing is one of the most powerful tools and skills that we have as parents and it keeps us i feel like it keeps us curious and it makes us let our children guide the process um and and so realizing that we're not always going to know what to do and that's okay and that that's probably been the most surprising thing to me is that that not knowing what to do has actually been one of the most powerful powerful things that I could do. And I can totally imagine you on the floor just in bafflement <laughs> because I've been there too, you know, and you're right. asking for help. Like, you know, help me out here. We all want to go and do X, Y, or Z and... You know, and I think it's really it. You know, it, it hands over some power too. My guess is that we spend a lot of time um, figuring out schedules and deciding, you know, what the family's how the family's going to spend the day. And I think we forget that to a child, it feels like very little control 
right. from their point of view. And I think when we sit down and really just open up and, and, and model what it looks like not to know what to do, and but still in our calm, present way, you know, we're really handing over a lot of healthy power and control to our kids. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes. Perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. So tell me about what you do with parents. Well, I help parents be true parents. True stands for teach, relationship, and upgrade yourself. And in in other words, I I, uh, I help parents to learn true principles and patterns that not only improve kids' behavior, but they create cycles of continuous growth and happiness that, that get better with time and even span generations. And I'm always seeing cycles, and everybody's always talking about how, how do we break these cycles in our families? And, and I often tell parents that I don't, I don't necessarily think that we often need to break them, but we need to change them. Cycles are always going to be present, 
but but they can either be positive cycles and be working towards something better, something more positive, changing us in positive ways, or they can be taking us down the other route. And and so I, I try to help parents teach more intentionally and build more bulletproof relationships and, and upgrade themselves in a way that will both allow them to cope more effectively with life and parenting, but also be a, a healthy model of successful living for their children. I like that shift from breaking the cycle to changing the cycle. I don't know. There's there's room. It seems like a much more moving forward kind of mentality to have around it because we all have those, you know, what we've carried on from what was modeled for us. And, you know, the idea of breaking something, I don't know. I appreciate your use of the word change there. And something that came to mind for me, too, is just evolving from where we're at to where we want to be. And Right. And so I, I find so often that that we we always try to compartmentalize everything. And so um, when I, I talk about being a true parent, it's it's taking these three principles and putting them together into one thing and so that we can simplify all of the skills and the techniques that we're learning as parents and put them into one action that's not only going to discipline the child or teach the child right now, but it's also that same action is going to work towards building the relationship and upgrading ourselves, improving ourselves as a person. Not that now is my time to to discipline and now is my time to build a relationship with a child and now is my, my own personal time to improve myself. Not that those things don't sometimes happen, but that each time maybe something, a big problem happens at home or something like that, a disciplinary issue, um, most p- parents that come to parenting classes with me, the reason why they're there is because they want disciplinary techniques. Mm-hmm. That's what they came for. But I, I don't, I believe that when we separate those three things, we're less effective in, in doing any of them. Yeah, for sure. It's funny, by week three, when I teach um, the positive discipline classes that I teach, the parents come in and say, oh, this isn't even about my kids. This is about me. And I laugh and I say, yeah, you know, if I put that on the flyers, nobody really would sign up. So, <laughs> so I kind of focus on like, hey, I'll give you some tools and techniques. But, you know, ultimately, yeah, it's this beautiful epiphany when that shows up that we invite so much of what's happening in front of us and just small te- tweaks in our own you know, in our own body and our own way of showing up, can it, that ripple effect is so amazing. And, you know, today we're going to talk about emotional triggers. And lately, when I've been working with families, um, more and more often I'm, you know, I'll share, people will read my blog posts or um, come to my classes or, or email me, just like you said, with questions about how do I handle this particular behavior. And more and more often I'm, I'm recognizing that to be to have those tools and techniques that we talk about with parents become available the parent themselves has to be in a in a really you know peaceful calm connected state of mind and way of being so um for me an emotional trigger is is about um having that physical sensation that comes along with just being flat out mad 
right? So mm-hmm. yes, I get so mad or I get so frustrated and and what does that feel like? And so for me, it feels like, you know, even right now I'm sitting here and my, my shoulders are up and forward and there's tension in my chest and there's this tingling sensation in my body. Um, I become really rigid when I'm emotionally triggered and I want to control things. And, you know, what happens then is you in, you know, then you find yourself in this power struggle or you might not realize that you're there, but that's indeed where you are. And, Mm -hmm. and it's funny because I'm so clearly out of control in those moments that I'm grasping for it. So what is it, what is it like for you, Andy, when you have these experiences of being emotionally triggered? Because we are all human beings, right? So we all go here. (laughs) What's it like for you? Well, when I'm emotionally triggered, um, it's funny you use the word rigid, and that was one of the first things that came to my mind. I'm I'm just more rigid in my body and my mind. I I feel. I also thought of of this this concept of potential energy. I, I feel I feel like something's building up in my arms and chest, mm-hmm. and I usually feel some tension in my neck and shoulders. And it, I feel like it's it's this resistance that that almost feels like the opposing ends of a, a magnet. When you put the opposing ends of a magnet together, and you feel that that resistance, that that's kind of what that feeling feels like inside of me. Mm. Yeah. So when you work with parents, and you get here with them, and you you help them emotionally tap into what's happening, what are you finding are the hot button topics? that come up that are triggering the people that you work with? What are they talking about with you? Okay, well, I find that that most of the time their hot buttons are, are not much different than my own. Um, and although they are sometimes to differing degrees based on their life experience and all those types of things, but some of those things I would just say are things like, like chores, mm. like bedtime, like homework uh, struggles, sibling rivalry, um, things like whining, <laughs> yeah. um, dinner table behavior are, are some of the things that kind of come to my mind first. Um, but, but I think that, uh, I think we all experience that. I think that's a really, um, one of the great things about teaching with parents is, is being able to relate so much. I mean, it is such a relatable thing that we can all, we we've all experienced that that emotional triggering at one point or another and a lot of times our triggers are not really that different yeah i notice that too when i teach and and we generate lists of the things that are challenging in each home and it's usually the very first thing we do in parent class and at first nobody really speaks up and then slowly the energy builds and I you know you fill this entire piece of chart paper with challenges and they're laughing and nodding and then I finish it off by saying oh look we don't live in our own private freak show right <laughs> right i mean it's such a collective experience you know and it's so easy to feel like you're the only one you know having it like oh my kids this, this, or this, you know, or I'm just not good enough, or we're so prone to make it an individual isolated experience when it's really, it's really quite collective. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love kind of exposing that to parents. I think it's really empowering for them to recognize that. 
I totally agree. So if you can help parents and when you help parents to shift their mindset around their challenges and how they're reacting to those behaviors, what do you tell them? How do you help them? It's okay. The, those two words, I, I just, I feel like those are such powerful words. And I would tell them it's okay and it will be okay. Mm. I find that, that most hot button emotional triggers are founded in a couple things. First, unmet expectations. It's not supposed to be this loud or I shouldn't have to or they shouldn't do this. Um, or second, fear of, of some exaggerated, distorted belief or thought about something to come. Um, something like, if he doesn't do his chores today, he'll never learn to work and he'll be homeless and destitute. Yeah. You know, <laughs> It's you know, amazing we, where we go, right? It's so it crazy. <laughs> and, and so I would just say to parents that behavior is not taught or changed in an instant. Mm -hmm. And this is a good thing. You know, we, we make mistakes and so do our kids, but it's okay. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to release those expectations and that fear. And, and you know, just things like, for instance, that, that day that I told you about, about Kyler, you know, just refusing to do those chores, not only was he refusing, but he was also interfering with his brothers. Um, and, and it's okay. You know, seven-year-olds do that sometimes. Um, it, it doesn't mean that he is is going to be antisocial for the rest of his life or, or those sorts of things. And so, you know, I've just found that for me, in order to, to release that that emotional trigger, to be able to release my body and all those types of things, those two words of it's okay mm -hmm. really help me to just calmly let go. Oh, I like that. And I mean, there just can't be enough said about that fear piece too. And that, right. you know, even just this morning for me, I have a sixth grade daughter and she was eating her breakfast and I pulled her lunch and my kids make their own lunches. And I just popped in, looked in her lunch and they're supposed to have, you know, a little serving of fruit and vegetables, which she had neither. <laughs> and all of a sudden I am like, you know, personal responsibility and blah, blah, blah. And you're so worried about your skin. And I mean, all of a sudden I am, mind you, there were no fruit or vegetable servings in my breakfast. I am working towards trying to bring that into my life. So there's that fear of like, oh my gosh, she's never going to eat this. And uh, maybe I'm a little mad at myself for not, you know, not even doing what I'm asking her to do. And it's so funny how quickly we can slide on into that trigger um, right. without being aware, which takes me right to my next question, which is how do you help yourself to become aware that you're living in the trigger? Because so often, you know, we're just there in the moment and it's an afterthought like, oh, maybe I got a little, maybe that was a little overkill. You know, how do you, right. how do you yourself um, notice when you're there? Practice. Hmm. You know, practice, I, I always tell all the parents that I come into my counseling office, everybody that I ever work with, I, whenever I, I teach them a, a particular skill, um, I, on my website, I, I have a um, free uh, resource called the Quick Calm Toolkit that has a, 
uh, a quick calm technique. It's just a, a five-step technique that takes less than two minutes um, for people to do. But I always tell them it's like learning a sport or an instrument. You know, at first, um, you're not going to go out and and play Michael Jordan the first time you're on the court. You're not going to go and play at Carnegie Hall, you know, the first time you play your violin. But each time you do that, it's going to become easier. It's going to become uh, more profound to you. And so I, I really encourage in myself, as well as those that I work with, journaling, I think is an awesome way um, I wrote a post a while back called How to Stop Yelling in 21 Days um, that has been really helpful to a lot of parents. And, and the first step of that is just journaling and being able to um, practice being aware of when those triggers start to come up. Um, the second way is to meditate daily. Um, and I really encourage people to, to meditate at least 10 minutes a day and pick a time and, and stick to that time and realize that it is a practice thing and, and it can be helpful. I also have a, a resource called the, the True Calm series, mm -hmm. which is a series of eight different meditations that are 10 minutes long and um, just kind of uh, help parents to get in that habit of meditating daily to, to become more aware of their bodies, those triggers that, that come up and all of those types of things. Um, and then there's just, you know, other mindfulness types of exercises that I've found to be really, really helpful. Just um, finding a calm place for yourself and attending to um, to any particular sense when you're just sitting in a room or, or something like that. Um, and just practicing regularly and realizing that the, um, a lot of times what I find parents do is, is that you'll give them um, the quick calm uh, or the, the quick calm technique, or you'll give them um, a relaxation technique and they'll go and do it when they're in the brunt of their emotional trigger. And they'll say, well, it didn't work because it didn't make it completely go away. Um, but I, I'd like to share with you in a minute here just um, how that kind of quick calm technique works um, because there's a couple steps that a lot of people miss in that I that I feel like helps them to see that they are actually being effective um, and, and that practice starts to come into into place. And so actually, maybe I'll just tell you what the steps of that quick calm technique are. Yeah. And the, the first step is just to to rate your emotion. Um, if you're feeling anxiety or anger, rate on a scale from zero to 10, where are you? Zero being no, no disturbance whatsoever and 10 being like the highest that you could ever imagine. Do that within yourself. Second step is to just breathe. Just take some deep, slow, regulated breaths. The third step is to relax your body. Do a quick body scan from head to toe and just be able to release the tension from, from your shoulders, from your hips or wherever you're holding that tension. Fourth, smile and think of some sort of predetermined positive thought. And then the fifth step is to re-rate that emotion. And those rating steps of this, this quick calm technique 
are important because they they help us train our mind to realize that maybe when I I've never done this technique with anyone that has not received benefit from it. And so I, I've had people come into my office that are at a, a nine on their, their anxiety scale. And by the end of that two minute exercise, they're at say a six. And the, the, the funny thing to me is that when, when someone that is at a nine comes in and they go down to a six, they say the six is manageable, but the nine wasn't. Mm. But another parent who comes in and they're at a six and they go down to a four, they usually say that the six was unmanageable, but the four is now manageable. And so it's it's amazing to me to watch that it gives them that that sense of of uh, encouragement and empowerment to know I have some some power here in in what happens in my body and my emotional state. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. I, that is a great toolkit. I love that. And it was so interesting because I was doing, you know, following all your steps as you were saying them and I'm feeling calm. I don't have a lot, you know, I was a zero as far as emotional disturbance. And when you said smile, I smiled and it was like, I became a negative five. I mean, it was, you know what I mean? It just like, isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's so amazing how just changing our face you know, changing our expression changes so much. 
Um, I know that sometimes what I find in my own practice, and I'm, I was thrilled to hear you say all those things. I was like, I do that and I do that. I think I'm okay there. So that was <laughs> exciting. But also um, just I talk a lot about what I do with my kids. Um, mm-hmm. And we talk about – You know, part of my practice when I am emotionally triggered, something really simple for me that is a step in the direction of finding my calm is pull, like really pulling down on my shoulders, down and back and feeling that that pull is Mm -hmm. so helpful in shifting my emotional state. And um, my son, if anybody out there follows my writing, my son is the one who's really willing to go there with me. My daughter... You know, she's more like, oh, whatever, mom, this is just your thing. And <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm, I have peace with that. But Ian, my son, who's nine, really, you know, he will go there with me. And I talk to him a lot about self-regulation through the body and finding his calm and choosing, you know, to get off the, what we've now called the emotional freight train that mm-hmm. so often can show up unexpectedly and it's as if the metaphor to me is just that we're hanging on and allowing it really to dictate where we go. Um, and so pulling back my shoulders or, you know, one of the things that Ian does is he does jumping jacks and that mm-hmm. physical movement is enough for him to metaphorically get off the train but right. sometimes it's so funny though there's those times where it's al- it almost feels good to just settle in right <laughs> and and recognizing that too you know i've had conversations with my kids in the car where i am in full lecture mode which i know is not helpful <laughs> and i will say out loud i know that this isn't helpful and i'm going to say it anyway you know, and letting them know this is where I'm at right now. I'm settled into this. I'm in my emotions. You got to give me some time and I'll come find you and we can make it right. Um, So, but it's all awareness. It all comes back to recognizing where you're at. And if we, Andy, if you and I can, can take this idea and spread it to every parent on the planet, it would be such a huge shift for a whole generation of kids to be raised by parents who are aware. Yeah. Well, I just really hope that that parents will will take that that uh, that challenge, I guess, even I would say, to to really practice it, mm-hmm. because you know, I I just find that you know people think that, well, I'm just not that way, yeah, you know, I, or you know, I just this is part of my personality or those types of things, and and they think that if they do these things that they should just start working, and and they will to some degree, um, but they do. They really do take practice. Yeah. And just like anything else, we want to get good at. Yeah, for sure. And you, what came up for me when you were talking was it's really, you know, if you want to get scientific about it, it's really about, you know, creating new pathways in the brain. Right. And our body is going to do what is familiar. Our body mm-hmm. can't differentiate between helpful and hurtful, our body just does what's familiar. And so, like you said, doing the practice, not in the moment, but throughout the day um, or every morning or picking, you know, that's what I tell my clients too. pick two times a day where you can just, 
you know, where you're dropping your shoulders and grounding your feet and lengthening your spine and you're coming into this dignified posture so that when you need it, it becomes more available to you. Your body knows where to go. Exactly. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Andy. This was so fun to talk to you and share ideas. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. You can find, you listeners out there can find more about Andy and his amazing offers at trueparenting.net or like True Parenting on Facebook. Andy, what other social medias do you do? Well, I am on Twitter. Um, I'm, not, I'm not as active on Twitter, but it's at the Andy Smithson okay. um, on Twitter. And so uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook a lot. So if you want to check me out at facebook.com slash true parenting. Um, or if anyone is, uh, like I said before, if you want to get that quick calm toolkit that is free with your email, just come and enter your email at trueparenting.net slash quick calm toolkit. Or if you're interested in the eight uh, track series, the true calm series, which is a series of meditations, is uh, trueparenting.net slash get true calm. And true is always without the E. Yes. And those meditations, Andy, I've listened to most of your meditations and you have the best voice for meditation. It's very <laughs> so even and and mellow. I love listening to those meditations. So thank you for putting them out there. And a quick thank promo you. for me, um, registration is opened for the Centered Parenting eCourse, which we dive into a lot of this information and um, really start to look at patterns that are getting in the way of showing up as the parent you want to be as well as videos full of positive discipline tools to use for those in the moment times where you need something to be helpful with in the process of raising your kids. So thanks so much for listening and we will be back next month with a brand new episode. Thank you for listening all the way to the very end of the podcast. I just want to mention that Andy is a a host of his own podcast. You can find True Parenting Podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. He is also offering a $5 off discount to the True Calm series that you can find on his website with the offer code JOYFULCOURAGE, all lowercase, no space. Thanks again, and we'll see you next month.
I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.